This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Mapper Forward's first on-demand workshop, How to Become a Coffee Consultant, available now online for you to learn at your own pace with a certificate available upon completion. Click the link in the show notes to access today for just 50 euros. Welcome to the Daily Coffee Pro by Mapper Forward, friends. I'm your host, Lee Safar, and this is the beginning of our next five-part series. Today, we are starting a conversation about acquiring coffee knowledge. And this is going to be an interesting conversation. We have Simon Gotherin with us, an Australian coffee professional. Welcome to the conversation, Simon. Thanks, Lee. We are today going to be um, revisiting the way that you and I uh, kind of acquired knowledge and and the trends that we saw over our career in the industry. Um, And the way we've witnessed coffee knowledge emerge through the industry and uh, you being someone who competes and you're using your platform in competition to kind of put forward some of the coffee knowledge that you've acquired, um, we kind of had a conversation about the idea of coffee knowledge and thought it would be an interesting one to bring to the podcast, which is separate from coffee education. Um, We want to make that distinction up front. So Simon, as we get started, why don't you give everyone an introduction into what you do and who you are and how we got here? Sure. Um, so I'm Simon Gothrin. I uh, was born and raised in Paris in France and I moved to Australia in 2016 um, to do my studies. I have two uh, masters in business and management. It's nothing to do with coffee. I started initially in strategy consulting and eventually moved to coffee. And I've been in coffee, I sort of got into coffee in 2014, more as a hobby and as a student, sort of like a student um, job. And it became um, it became a passion and I ended up dropping strategy consulting to move fully into coffee. And um, I, from day one, I realized that knowledge in coffee was an issue. Mm-hmm. And because it was something that wasn't structured, I was, I was used to this sort of like academic world where you know, and you have access to a lot of structured information. You're going to classrooms and conferences and and it's widely available and it's also coherent from different sources. But when I started learning about coffee, it was, it was complete chaos. So that was my introduction to mm. the coffee world, trying to learn about coffee, but finding very contradictory sources, finding things that were incredibly, um, incredibly difficult to understand, not, not very easily well, explained in, in easy terms. So uh, that was my introduction to coffee. And uh, now, uh, so from day one, I decided that I wanted to work in coffee and most specifically coffee education and to help tackle this knowledge issue that we have in the industry mm-hmm. um, and to make it easier for other people to get into the industry uh, because I thought it was quite chaotic for me. I'm sure it was chaotic for thousands of people. I'm sure it was the same thing for you. Mm-hmm. Um, just having access to knowledge was difficult. So I've made it a personal mission to, um, to help tackle this issue um, in the future. Beautiful. Uh, in preparation for this conversation, I was like, because when you and I decided we wanted to do this, th- we started the conversation at, we want to talk about education. And then as we dissected what that was about, we decided it was more about knowledge. And I've been thinking a lot about, well, what's the difference between knowledge and education? And I feel like education is the transfer of knowledge. Yes. And what we're here to talk about is where the coffee industry decides when something's right and 
who decides when something's right. So in today's conversation, in the first of the five-part series, we're going to look at what defines an expert in the coffee industry. Because in the 20 years that I've been in the industry, for that whole time, a lot of people have thought that they were experts. And there's no real definition of what an expert really is in the coffee industry because a lot of it seems to be, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of it seems to be based on something that is subjective. And we're going to talk about that in a future episode. But how do you define an expert, Simon? So, I mean, if you look at the definition of, of an expert, it's someone that has a great deal of knowledge and has a specific skill set and um, that has basically show is showing some experience showing some qualifications and credentials in a specific field and um and has some previous accomplishments so um, when you look at uh, being an expert in in for example uh, mathematics it's you'd be looking at someone that has done studies that has done research that has written white papers on a specific field etc uh, now for coffee specifically uh, what makes an expert is some elements of these three things combined. So someone has worked in the industry for a long time, someone that has potentially some accreditation and credentials like um, SCA training, CQI, Q grading, etc. And someone who's an accomplished professional. So someone who's competed, for example, someone who's run a successful business, someone who's done publications, who's done research, all these things combined create an, an expert. But you did point out something interesting, which is some people think that they're experts and they're maybe not um, real experts, et cetera. And, um, and the issue with that is I don't think, I don't think people necessarily do that in, 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 in intentionally, sorry. I think it's mainly about the fact that knowledge changes. What is true today might not be true tomorrow. And I think that's something that I want to talk about um, in this podcast. Yeah. You have a really interesting uh, idea that uh, I've been thinking about since you mentioned it to me, the relationship between knowledge and space-time. <laughs> yeah. And, so and those things are really relative in the way that they move forward. Um, yeah. So this idea that something can be true, for example, at the beginning of my career, ristrettos were the way that we drank coffee. Mm -hmm. And at that time everybody who was anyone was saying the only way to drink coffee was as a ristretto and that was it. And then the next part of it was the double ristretto has gone, it's the single ristretto and it's a half of a single ristretto. So we were drinking yeah. coffee that was sour as anything and when I would say to people, Intense. I don't like this, it's really <laughs> sour, it's terrible, they would say, you don't know what you're talking about. I know what I'm talking about. And I'm like, well, sure, you've been in the industry for longer than I have and I'm a puppy barista, but this doesn't taste good to me. Is this what I'm supposed to decide is good? And so that knowledge transference was, you know, I was vulnerable because I was new into the industry and there was no rules 20 years ago of what we were aiming for. So yeah. at that particular time, that was true. In that space and time, that information yeah. was true. Now you fast forward 20 years and it's a whole different story. And I really love this I, this concept of yours. And it might actually still be true for ristrettos in specific places in the world, in specific mm. circles, social circles, etc. Mm. So which is why I think it's, it's something that I've learned a long time ago, um, just about 
uh, knowledge and truth in general, like truth is relative to time and space. When you look, mm -hmm. when you look at it a thousand years ago, everyone believed that the earth was flat. And some people even get well, killed over now. <laughs> the idea of, uh, <laughs> yeah, some people still believe, uh, believe that now. So, um, so truth is relative to time and space, and it's something that's constantly evolving. Mm -hmm. And so there's, there are things that were true 20 years ago when you learn how to make uh, coffee. And uh, there was general, there were definitely some general consensus on specific topics, which doesn't mean that, you know, these people were necessarily wrong, but the truth back then is not the truth that we have today because we have different mm -hmm. evidence of the contrary of that truth and also because you've mentioned trends and we'll get back to that mm -hmm. um trends change etc so there's an uh, objectivity and subjectivity elements and i think being able to dissociate the two and understand what is what is a sort of like temporary truth but what is like a universal truth um is important when you're looking at knowledge and you're looking at learning things about coffee specifically because some things do remain true over time and some things well, are trends or will, you know, turn out to be untrue in the future. So in your mind, is truth something that comes from experts or are experts the ones that are meant to dish out the truth? What's the relationship between truth or slash knowledge and who's who's presenting it? So it's, it's interesting to sort of like dissect it and sort of like um, lay it down so uh, to, to have a look at it. But truth, I mean, truth is usually, usually comes from experts. Ex experts usually establish a certain number of truths. Um, and usually the process of it is they've done enough research and they have enough exposure and experience to establish that truth. And it's, it's supposed to be done in a sort of scientific way. So as in, in a way that uh, follows a specific methodology in a way that um, you're sort of like pursuing this this application of a specific understanding in order to um, understand the pheno like a specific phenomenon and you're basing this on evidence. So then out of that sort of like scientific process, you're establishing a certain number of, of truths. The thing is, well, science evolves and science can be <laughs> wrong and scientists were wrong in the past and they will be wrong in the future and they're wrong today like it's something that's supposed to be constantly evolving as well which means that something that is proven to be true uh, so an evidence that is being proven over a certain series of tests and um, experiments might be proven to be wrong tomorrow or we might realize that it's way more complex that than we thought <laughs> there's a lot more intricacies mm. to it than we first believed in the, well than we believed in the first place so experts, to go back to your question, experts do establish this sort of, uh, well, this, do establish truths and, and trends in the industry. It but they may not from, necessarily be right all the time. No, like they may, not be, they may yeah. not be right. And I, I think that's something that um, I was, I was th as we spoke about this theme, I was trying to reflect on, on what sparked this in me to sort of like question this, this not like the knowledge and have this like constant critical thinking about knowledge in general, I couldn't quite pinpoint a specific event, but something that I've always said in, in trainings that I, that I conduct um, on a daily basis and I've been doing for years now is there are things that I will be teaching in a specific environment that mm -hmm. are probably true today or probably true here for a, a specific circle, but it might not be true tomorrow. And I've always encouraged people to be critical about that and to sort of take everything with a bit of distance and do some experiments themselves and decide if this is true as well, rather than just take my word for granted. And I think mm -hmm. this, this is an important, uh, it's something really important. It doesn't just apply to coffee, but it applies to all sorts of expect expertise in very different areas. 
And, you know, I find it interesting the way that people in our industry decide to choose who an expert is based on whether they've won barista competitions or um, whether they own businesses, whether they're Instagram famous or whatever. I, I'm constantly fascinated by... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> by how people in our industry decide to label somebody an expert, um, and you know, there's you and I have had these conversations before, of where we enter these dangerous territories whereby these little cults form in the industry, and then the cult leader is all of a sudden dishing out what people think is true, um, when in actual fact, when people look behind that so-called truth, it's a marketing tool to get some product sold. Um, yeah. And it doesn't just happen in coffee. I think if you look at other industries, uh, well, France is one of the biggest smoking countries in mm. the world um, and definitely the biggest, I think, in Europe. People smoke all the time. There's a huge tradition of smoking. And 50, 60 years ago, it was advised by doctors to be smoking. It was a good thing for your health to be smoking. Wow. Like people thought it was it was actually healthy because there was it was science there were scientific evidence paid by the cigarette lobbies tobacco lobbies to right. show that it was true um in the 70s we found that global warming was actually a thing and there's been some heavy lobbying to showcase that there is no impact between there's no correlation between fossil fuel and global warming in general mm. so scientists get wrong and sometimes for marketing purposes sometimes because it's driven by profits so it can be intentionally it can be unintentionally but i think the issue is not always it's not so much about People are trying to manipulate others. I mean, that's definitely an issue, but what can you do about that? But the thing that we can do is be critical about the 100%. information that we're being fed. Yeah. And having this, not you don't want to be, you don't want to become French and become cynical and <laughs> constantly skeptical. <laughs> but I think having that little voice in the back of your head asking you, they're telling you, is this um, well, is this true? Where is the evidence of that? Uh, yeah. Is this evidence reliable? You know, just because someone says uh, that he's a, they're a scientist and that there's science backing that evidence, like going a little bit further into that, I think is really important. Um, it's doing your due diligence, uh, but it takes time. It takes energy. There's so much information. We're exposed to so much information throughout our days through social media, news, et cetera, yeah. that it's, it's super difficult to uh, dissect all of that. Mm -hmm. But I think it's, it's important and it's up to whoever is being exposed to this information to do their due diligence and, and, double check some of yeah, these question the knowledge like just because somebody says absolutely you should use mm -hmm. this tool because it does it makes your coffee taste better sometimes we yeah. want to believe because the of things. xyz evidence yeah absolutely but i think a lot of the time people are looking for shortcuts and this is yeah. something again true in in many different things in life so yeah. if someone came up with a product that could substantially increase the way, like improve the way your coffee is tasting, of course, you would want to have access to that. It's much easier to do it this way rather than learning all the intricacies about brewing and looking mm. at different variables and and building years of, of sort of like intuition. Um, so if you can have, you know, shortcuts, people will take, try to take shortcuts. But yeah, tis be, the, tis the times we live in, I that. think. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure it's been it's it's always been like that. I feel like it's it's sort of like a, a recurrent circle, and, and um, I'm sure it's just in the, the nature of human beings, like being able to take shortcuts yeah. and go to um, to what's what's easier to digest in terms of information. Yeah, 
So given that, what we're going to talk about next in the next episode, folks, is this idea that uh, knowledge can be objective or subjective or both. Uh, at the same time based on your perspective of that part of knowledge. So join us in the next episode when we explore uh, deeper coffee knowledge. We'll see you then. Peace, love and peanut butter. Have an amazing rest of your day. Thanks for tuning in, friends. There are two ways you can support this podcast. Firstly, become a paid member of our YouTube channel. Secondly, you can join our Patreon for as little as $3 a month. Both have options for exclusive ad-free content and early release content. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. The Daily Coffee Pro is produced by Map It Forward and the music you're listening to is called Run 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 off of my album Laundry After Midnight. To get older episodes of this podcast, as well as more information on Map It Forward, head to mapitforward.coffee. You can find links and more information in the show notes below.